Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget that you can learn more about our show and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. You know, did you ever wonder what you would do if there's ever a time that comes in your life that you're going to be presented with an opportunity to stand up for your faith? You know, sometimes... I think about this, and it is so easy to say, oh, I do this or I do that. But when the time comes, will you really have the courage to stand up and fight for what you truly believe in? Well, today's guest has done exactly that. Today, my guest is Christine Week, and you may have or have not yet heard about her. But when you hear her compelling story of how she stood up for her faith, believe me, It makes you ask yourself, could I ever do something like that if and when the time came? Well, it certainly made me question my faith and the true strength that I have to stand up for what I believe in. Christine made a trip to the Washington National Cathedral. Now, this is a cathedral, the Episcopal Church, located in Washington, D.C. It happens to be the sixth largest cathedral in the world and the second largest in the U.S., A couple of months ago, I was actually interviewing another guest, and I remember during her interview, she mentioned that there was going to be this Islamic service at the National Cathedral in D.C. Now, at the time, I hadn't heard much about it, but here it goes a few weeks later, and I hear this interview with Christine. So now today, I've invited Christine so that she can tell you her story. So if you will help me welcome Christine Week. How are you doing today, Christine? And I am wonderful. Thank you for having me and this opportunity to to share my testimony. And thanks so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me and the listeners. So, Christine, you, at the appointed time, felt this need to take this trip. Now, where were you originally? I was, at the time, at a McDonald's parking lot in my, my car, reading the Drudge Report. Um, I like to do that at least once or twice a day. I'm a news junkie, and and it's just something that I have an app on my phone for. So I just happened to pull up the Drudge Report, and up comes an article um, about the National Cathedral. Now, what state were you in at the time? Oh, that's Kingsport, Tennessee. It was 400 miles from D.C. All right, so you're in this McDonald's parking lot, and you're looking at the news, and so tell us what happens after that. Well, this is where you say it's like feeling a need. Um, I call it my blood boiling. Um, It just overwhelmed me with a, uh, I got to do something. Um, Now, I felt some kind of feelings in me before. Now, but hold on, but... Okay, yeah, but what, just so that, because the listeners may not know, I don't think you really told us. Now, this Dredge report said that there was, what was going to happen at this cathedral? There was going to be a Muslim-only mm-hmm. prayer service. This was not an interfaith. That was made clear in the article, uh-huh. that it was a Muslim-only prayer service. It was going to be no public invite. It was private invitation only. And it was going to be a remarkable event in the light of tolerance, and we can just have peace with one another. And I just did not know. It, it just didn't feel right for me. It, it, I, I felt I had to do something. And if I remember right, didn't you say that this was, because this is important, this was sort of a closed service to the outside public. It was yeah. sort of by invite only. Is that right? Yes, and that concerned me because obviously I did not have an invite, and it was going to be heavily secured. Uh, It was also mentioned that security was going to be present, and only um, basically basically the majority of the invites were going to be Muslims only. Okay, so now do you actually remember that moment when you said, look, I need to go there, I need to do this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I just had this upwelling in me, this this 
I, Lord, this is just not right. Um, I, I cannot explain it other than it had happened to me before on other things, and I knew this was the Holy Spirit nudging me. I mean, it was similar to the other feelings I've had in my past, and I just kind of went, oh, okay, is this something you are asking me to do? I mean, this, this is how I felt. And my next step was calling a handful of my friends. And, okay. Now, and, when before yeah. now, but when you say you're going to go there, do you, at this moment that you're thinking and you're sort of you're speaking to the Lord, do you know at that moment what exactly you're going to do when you get there? I mean, that had to be I scary. Did, yeah, I really didn't. Number one, I didn't know if I'd get in. So, I mean, it was going to be okay. Um, I'm just going to, basically, it was winging it. It was going in blind. I had no idea where the church was. I have never been to the church. Um, so, you know, this was, like I said, just going in blind. But I had to do this before on other things, and the it, the, the outcome was, was amazing. So I had to do a little bit of trusting at the same time. But my problem was at the moment I was asking the Lord for a sign. Mm-hmm. Is, is this I need, you know is this my own doing is this my own feelings or is these coming from you help me out lord help me out with the sign do i stay or do i go okay so then you let's pick up where you said so you texted some friends right right yeah i called each one mm-hmm. um i do a lot better on the phone than i do by texting and i called each one probably four or five of them and i told them i says you can't believe what i'm thinking about doing and they were kind of like okay what and i told them i says i think i am going to cause a scene at the washington cathedral and so they asked me well what's going on so i told them what i read on the drudge report and you know and this is another amazing thing not one of them criticized me Not one of them told me, um, you better think this over, you're going to get arrested. Um, No, not not one of them said anything about a doubt, putting a doubt doubt in my mind. Mm -hmm. Not one of them did that. In fact, they all said, okay, we will pray. And I said, yes, pray for these next two days as I have to make the decision by Thursday morning. And it is currently Tuesday night. Okay, so then what happens? Well, I did my evening devotions Tuesday evening. Nothing jumped out at me. I did my devotions Wednesday morning, um, you know, when I woke up, and again, nothing jumped out. So I went to a Wednesday evening prayer service at a church. Um, I just I looked for one on Wednesdays, and I found one. So I, again, nothing, nothing jumped out to stay, nothing jumped out to go. So Thursday morning approached, and at this point, I've got a decision to make here because it's going to be a six-hour drive for me. And I, of course, at this point, my friends are calling me going, okay, uh, what are you feeling? And I said, I I guess I'm going to go. If the Lord says no, he will stop me on the way. Mm -hmm. I, I said, I'll just let it go at that. Um, any sign from the Lord that's negative, I will turn around and just come back. Um, I said, that's, that will be an easy thing for me. But so, when I got on the road, yeah, uh, go ahead. So now you've made the decision, I'm going to go. And then did was there ever that feeling creeping up saying, gosh, you know, can I really do something if I should make it there? Did you ever have that uneasy oh, feeling? On the whole way there. <laughs> I mean, not the whole way. It, it was uh, an hour and a half into my trip is when I got the the first miracle. And that right there, of course, you're going to have doubts, especially when I was at the church. Then the doubts come up again. You're never going to get in. What do you think you are? Right. Um, you know, the devil throws that at you. But um, I continue to prod on probably because that burning feeling was still in me. Mm-hmm. It never left me after two nights of sleeping. And and that was also something that I found unusual. Usually, ah, sleep on it, it will go away. It didn't. It continued to well up in me. So I just, I 
it was just like, okay, I shrugged my shoulders and put the car in drive and let's go, you know, and that's what did I, that's what did I end up doing. Now, when we come back from our first break, I think this is where you're probably going to talk about that sign that you referred to earlier yes. on the side yes. of the road. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Listeners, today my guest is Christine Week. She is going to tell you a compelling story tonight about her trip to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., and we will be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. Thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I R S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is Christine Week, and she is telling us about her trip, the trip that she took to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. So, Christine, you're driving, you're on your way there, yeah. and what do you see? I'm in the right-hand lane, as, you know, that's the lane, of course. You, you drive on the interstate in, and up ahead, I see what I thought was an abandoned vehicle on the side of the road, up on the shoulder. So I proceeded to just stay in my lane, um, and as I approached the vehicle, the door opens, and a woman steps out of the car, mm-hmm. and it kind of like, hey, don't be doing that, you know, and think, well, what's going on? And she points at my vehicle as I'm approaching her. She points, she points at my vehicle, puts the two thumbs up, and claps her hands as I drive by. Like, like as if she's applauding you? Yes. Wow. I mean, it was a point, two thumbs up, clap, clap, clap. I mean, it was quick because obviously I'm whizzing past her. Right. And the first thing in my mind is, what? What was that? (laughs) (laughs) And then it hit me. That's your confirmation. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that was, and I know that was the push that put me forward. And at that point, I knew I had something because that type of thing just does not happen. And I called all my friends, and I told them what had just happened, and one of them told me, Christine, I think that was an angel. And I went, well, angels should be taught better than to step out of their cars (laughs) like that. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I I was just 
overwhelmed at the sign that it was because I got nothing for two days, nothing. And then something, this was big. This was really big to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what prodded me forward. And one of my friends said to me, because then I mentioned, I says, well, now I need to know how to get into the cathedral. And one of my friends told me, she says, Christine, I will pray that you are invisible. Mm-hmm. And that came into play later. Okay, so you see this person on the side of the road applauding you, and then eventually you make it to this yep. church. And tell us what happens when you make it, finally make the trip there. Okay, I got to Washington the, the evening before the service. It was a Friday that the service was going to begin. I got there Thursday night, and I stayed overnight in a parking garage that was about a block from the cathedral. I had a good night's sleep. Um, I was surprised about that when I woke up Friday morning because I, as much as my mind was running, I still had enough comfort that I got a good night's rest. Um, I got my best outfits out, my Sunday coat, my Sunday dress. I figured I need to look the part of going into the church. Mm-hmm. And I thought about taking my scarf with me in case. They required that my head be covered as Muslim protocol. I did not want to get rejected by how I looked. I, you know, like I said, at this point, I had to think of everything that would get me in rather than things that might have would have raised a flag. I did not even carry a purse with me. I kept my ID in my coat pocket. I just didn't want anything that stood out that made me look different. Um, the dress that I wore went all the way down to my, my heels, so my ankles were not exposed, because, again, Muslims cover their ankles completely. Um, and, and I think sometimes those are things that God put in my mind to have me dress so that it wouldn't look like I was out of place. Mm-hmm. I approached the church at about 10 a.m. Now, I knew that the prayer service was going to start about noon, 1230 Um, That was in the article that I had uh, read. So I wanted to get there a little earlier, um, thinking that I was going to help serve a lunch. I was going to volunteer my services as a means of getting in. And I thought, if I can at least volunteer, I can work with the ladies for a little bit, try to get further into the church, and then disappear. Uh, That was my plan. So I got to the big front doors, and they're humongous, and they were posted that they would be closed until 2 p.m. that afternoon due to events. Mm-hmm. So I could not get into the area where the public was going in on the normal day. I found somebody walking around, and I asked, what door are they using for the service? And so they pointed me around the corner of the church, a little bit of a walk, So I walked that way, and as I approached the correct door, it's a much smaller door, and there were two sidewalks that met at the door. I was at one of them, Mm -hmm. and then another security guard from the cathedral. This was the amazing part, because as I walked up to the door, I noticed it had a touch-tone entry pad, and I did not have the code. I could see people, there was a small glass um, window, I could see people behind the door, but I would have to knock in order to get in. Right in front of me, coming from the other sidewalk, is a security guard. He punches in the code and opens the door for me. Without asking you anything? No, without asking me a word. And I think at that point, I had, I felt the angel push me inside because I remember, I didn't even think twice. I just went, I just walked right in. Because obviously this man, he saw you. This was not like you were trying to sneak in behind him without him noticing. No, no, he he saw me because he turned to look at me when Mm -hmm. we got in. And I had to be quick now. And so I told him, I said, I'm here to help with refreshments. But I also had it in my mind that I was going to be the refreshment (laughs) in case I never got the chance to help with the lunch. Uh So it was a play of words, but it was the truth. And he took me to the first row of security, and they were checking purses. They were checking everybody's ID. 
He brings me to one of those guards, and he says, this lady's helping with the food. Okay, never bothered to check me. He took me to the main foyer. I went right through that first line of, or that second line of security. Mm -hmm. I, I went right through. And I'm like, okay. So he walks me to the main foyer, which was just huge. It's a beautiful, huge church. And I've never been in the place. So this was kind of like all inspiring for me just to see the, the, the tremendous size of, of the church. And there was a woman with a clipboard in the middle of the floor um, as people were walking around. And there was a few reporters doing interviews with imams. You could see that. Mm -hmm. And I was approached then with the officer. He took me to her and he says to her, this lady is going to be helping with the refreshments. And she looks at me and she says, are you, do you need Lorna? And I went, yes. <laughs> I mean, and in my mind I went, I need to remember that name, right. Lorna, <laughs> because I'm going to need that name later. Uh -huh. And she says, well, Lorna hasn't arrived yet. And I says, fine, I will use the restroom. I will be back. And that gave me my out to leave those two alone. That mm. gave me my out. And then I looked for the bathroom. Now, while she was um, talking with me, I noticed behind her was the entrance to the sanctuary. And there was a whole row of officers, again, checking IDs. So I knew I had another problem. I had to get through that one, too, in order to get into the church where the service was going to be. I went into the bathroom, and there I hid for an hour and a half. Um, at this point, I'm a little concerned. They're looking for me. I don't know. I, I mean, at this point, I was kind of, like, worried about that. Mm -hmm. So I just kept very quiet in the last stall, and I had another situation now. Um, I was in the process of what time do I exit the bathroom? I knew that the service, the call of prayer, was going to be at 1220, but I did not know where to go, for one thing. I had no idea if it was in the sanctuary, if it was in a little building off to the side. I had no idea. So I didn't know where to go, and I did not want to go into the, the, uh, the event late because there would be more attention on me should I walk in you know, late. Right. So I wanted to go when everybody was being seated so I could mingle. That's what my intent was. Well, I'm getting the butterflies really bad at this point. And I, you know, prayed and I'm rehearsing what I'm going to say. I'm reading Psalm 27 on my iPhone, you know, and, and that was my, my help. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm in, I, I feel like I'm in the belly of the beast here. I, I really need you to help me out here. And I said, what time do I leave? What time do I get out? Mm -hmm. And 11.45 pops in my mind. So um, it's 11.43, 11.44, and 11.45, I leave my bathroom stall. There's a woman at the sink washing her hands. And around her neck, she's wearing the press badge. She's with the media. And I asked her, I said, do you know what time the service starts? And she says, yes, in a, just a few minutes. Do you know where to go? And I said, no, I don't. And this is what she says to me. Follow me, and I will take you to the front. Wow. And it was at this point in my spirit, and I don't mm -hmm. mean this in a blasphemous way, but I said, oh, my God, really? I mean, it was like. Oh, this was a gift. Right. <laughs> so, but we had to get through that security line. We walked out of the bathroom together. We walked through the foyer, approached the so security you're just line. So you're just following this lady. She's yeah. leading you. Actually, we're them. walking side by side, chatting with each other. <laughs> I mean, okay. we were making small talk about yeah. something that was in the church. It was a picture or something that was hanging. Uh -huh. So we were making small talk, and she was kind of giggling about something. And she was just a really a neat lady. 
And we continued to talk, and I wanted to keep her engaged with me as she walked right through the security, and so did I with her. They never batted an eye. It was like I was invisible. Most definitely. Okay, Christine, let's take our second break, and we're going to finish the story when we come back. Listeners, today my guest is Christine Week, and she's telling you her story about her trip to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Millions of people who've never even set foot in a casino take a dangerous gamble every day. Living without health insurance. You can't afford not to have it. But affordable insurance can be hard to find. Especially if you're a hardworking entrepreneur or if you're working for a company that doesn't offer benefits. At Health Insurance Direct, we have a perfect solution with access to dependable, affordable health insurance plans. They have a plan that fits your individual needs perfectly at a price you can afford. Call 24 hours a day at 800-608-2521. 800-608-2521. Don't gamble. Call Health Insurance Direct right now for affordable health insurance. 800-608-2521. 800-608-2521. Not available in all states. Here's the number one more time. 800-608-2521. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show. Today, our guest is Christine Week, and she's telling us about the trip she made to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. So, Christine, this woman helps usher you to pat will pass this security and to where? Where did she end up leaving you again? We walked the entire length of the sanctuary, and it's a good five-minute walk. I mean, it's a, a very large church. And up ahead was, I could see a group of chairs, and there were people starting to sit down. There were some standing, some sitting. And then as we approached that area, she says to me, find yourself a seat, you go over here, and I'll go over there. And she points to her right, or to our right, and that's where I seen all the news media. Fox News, CNN, ABC, and then it realized, I realized how big of a deal this was. I had no idea it was going to be a national news item. I mean, that to me, wow, I wonder if the Lord would have gave me that insight. I might not have gone. I don't know. I, I really don't. So how did you but feel at that, at that moment when you realized this? Oh, that's this. when my heart started pounding. That's when I realized I was going to get into trouble if I did anything. What and kind of I trouble just, did you think you were going to get into when you say you thought well, you were in trouble? Friday afternoon, I figure I'm going to get arrested and I'll be in jail all weekend and I would probably get a pretty hefty fine for disorderly conduct because I was planning on standing up and well, what I was wanting to do was approach some microphone, I'm assuming they had one, Mm -hmm. and I was going to bump the person over and start yelling into a microphone because I didn't know if I would even have enough voice to project what I wanted to say. 
So my ideas were, again, totally different than what actually ended up happening, which was almost, you would say, to my advantage. Mm -hmm. So here's the next miracle. She goes to the press area. I'm now scouting for a seat, and there's an empty seat in the front row. (laughs) And I'm like, that's it. So I make my way there, and I sit down, and I'm kind of now scouting the area out. And you could have heard the heart pounding out of my chest. I mean, I have never, ever in my entire life been that scared. And you see the headlines, bold and courageous and brave. Uh, You guys don't know how scared I was at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, you got me this far. Please do not let me let you down. I don't want to just now just sit here and not do anything. But now I didn't know when. When am I to speak? Um, Where's the microphone? I could see the microphone probably about 20 feet away, but I had to go over prayer rugs in order to get to it. And there were already women sitting on all the prayer rugs. The men were further away, separated. But at the point of where I was sitting, I could have kicked my boot out and hit a prayer rug with it. That's how close I was. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a large gap of space, uh, maybe 10 foot wide, 15 foot wide, between the prayer rugs and the cameras. So there was right in front of me a perfect space for me to walk and, and basically shout because I had to talk loudly. I had no microphone. I realized the microphone was not going to be an option for me. The bishop of the church makes an announcement, welcome everybody, we are about to start the prayer, Uh, please find your seats and blah, 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 you know, and introduces a few people and so on. At this point, I realize that if the call of prayer is going to begin shortly, i got to start doing something quickly, because once that begins, I will never be heard, Mm -hmm. never. It's too loud. And I'm like, Lord, what time, what time? And at that precise second, I see a cross further up into the church. They had iron gates in front of it, trying, you know, to, I don't know if to block it. I don't know what their intent was with the iron gates. But um, I tell you, every Christian symbol was removed from the room. There was no Bibles, no hymnals, no crucifixes, nothing, nothing that symbolized Christianity. And that right there kind of got me mad, too. And and I started to have an anger mixed in with this fear. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you the burst of emotions I had between being angry, what was going on, between being nervous, being scared, wondering what my future was going to hold in the next couple of hours, (laughs) you know? It's It's one thing to invite these people to the church to do whatever, but then to almost be ashamed of Christ and to hide anything Christian is really... I mean, can you imagine a Muslim mosque, them inviting Christians to come do their services in the mosque? (laughs) Yeah, uh, not going to happen. So I seen the cross, and right at that moment is when I stood up. And I don't know if your listeners seen the video, but I make with a very loud voice, I said, Jesus Christ died on that cross over there. We are to worship only him. He alone is our Lord and Savior. And then, and I could see the cameras swish my way, you know, at, at, at around that point. And if you see the video, there is a man in a light brown coat trying to get my arm and pull me back to my seat, or or trying to pull me out of that area. Mm -hmm. Every time he takes a step towards me, I take a step away. He steps towards, I step away. It was almost like a dance. But you know what? I do not remember him at all. (laughs) When I seen the video for the first time, I'm like, I don't remember him at all touching me like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and that's something maybe because of the adrenaline rush, you're just not focused on your surroundings. I understand that, and I can probably agree. I then pointed to the Muslims who were now all staring at me, 
they're all seated on their rugs, so they're kind of below me as I'm standing up. And I point at them and I said, we have allowed and built your mosques across this country. Go worship there. Leave our churches alone. And, and at th- that, that point, was not something you rehearsed, is that correct? That just sort of that came out? That is such, and I never realized that until after the whole thing was done, and I'm reviewing in my mind, in the bathroom, I rehearsed something totally different. But what came out of my mouth was not even close. I, I was going to say, I serve a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Muhammad is dead. Shame on you church leaders here for doing this. And, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I was going to go, and you, you know, these are wolves in sheep's clothing, and this leadership of this church... You know, I was going to condemn the leadership. That was probably con- would have got you arrested. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably you why. Know, <laughs> that is kind of what I was I was going to be, basically, because yeah. I did not plan on being on the TV and the news. My objective was towards the Muslims. Mm-hmm. I serve a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Muhammad is dead. And then I was going to address the church leaders, which I had assumed were going to be there. Those were going to be the two people I wanted to have a message for. And it didn't come out that way. And I am just in amazement. And it goes back, I believe, into Mark, I think it's chapter 13, where it says, don't worry about things. I will put the words in your mouth. And so he did. You know, and he did. And that, to me, I am so grateful for. <laughs> and at this point, they have me by the arm, and they were not rough with me at all. They were very firm. Um, one of them said to me, you are walking this way. I remember that, and I remember the security now is yelling into their microphones, blonde woman, black coat, get her out of here. And I could feel the scurry, you know, or, you know, the, the movement of the service or the, the um, guards or whatever you want, the security service, trying to move me out and get me out of there. And at this point now, I see a police officer running down the corridor. I mean, he is running. <laughs> and we met outside that area, that grouped area, and I put my hands out with my wrist up. Here you go. I'm done. You can arrest me. And he takes me by the hand like I was his kid. Mm-hmm. And he walks me hand in hand all the way to where we entered into the sanctuary. He never said one word to me. He hands me to another officer, a, a woman police officer. She takes me to the big front doors that I could not enter earlier, but I can certainly get out now. And I mentioned on my way out, thank you, Lord, for letting me do this. And then she passes me on to another officer who was standing outside of the doors, and he takes me all the way to the road. Not one officer said a word to me. And then when he let me go at the road, I turned around, and I was kind of like, what's going on? (laughs) I thought there'd be a police car waiting down there. You had to be in absolute (laughs) shock at that point. I was. I mean, I turned around and I looked at him and I said, you have a good day. And he never said a word and walked back to the church. And I was free to go. <laughs> and then at this point, my mind is just like, I am now trying to come down from what just happened, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I remember walking right past my street that I was supposed to turn down. <laughs> you know, it was, wow, this this just happened. I I did it. I did it. And that's, you know, kind of where, thank you, Lord, for for letting me, and now let me get out of here. (laughs) 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 And I remember being at a truck truck rest area that evening and, and staying in my car, and I just remember praying, okay, Lord, you can take me now, right? I'm done. This is it. This is like, my whole complete service is now done for you, right? <laughs> and he did not take me. So I know there's more out for me to do. 
Christine, we got one more segment, so we're going to go ahead and take our last break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit more about your future plans and some of the things that you've already done other than this. This was a big one, but you've even got some more things that you can talk to us about. Yeah. Listeners, today my guest is Christine Week, and we will be talking to her, continue to talk to her on the True Seekers radio show after this message. Thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, Millions of people who've never even set foot in a casino take a dangerous gamble every day, living without health insurance. You can't afford not to have it. But affordable insurance can be hard to find, especially if you're a hardworking entrepreneur or if you're working for a company that doesn't offer benefits. At Health Insurance Direct, we have a perfect solution with access to dependable, affordable health insurance plans. They have a plan that fits your individual needs perfectly at a price you can afford. Call 24 hours a day at 800-608-2521, 800-608-2521. Don't gamble. Call Health Insurance Direct right now for affordable health insurance. 800-608-2521, 800-608-2521. Not available in all states. Here's the number one more time, 800-608-2521. 800-608-2521. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show today. My guest is Christine Week, and she's been telling us her compelling story about her visit to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., now, Christine, by any chance, do you have any kind of a web web address or something that you might want to give out to any of the listeners that might want to send you a note of encouragement? Um, let's do my email. Um, I'll do my web address, too, um, but I don't believe my correct email is on the website. Um, I, I do have some people that I do not want having my information. Um, but at, at this point, I, you know, I mean, you understand I've had some threats well, and so whatever, on. Well, whatever you feel that. comfortable giving out. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and do the website. And okay. it is called explain, like the word explain, mm-hmm. this, dot U-S, like United States. So okay. explain this dot U-S. Uh-huh. Um, you can message me there if you okay. wish, and uh, but the um, I don't even believe my contact info is even there. Okay. You can Facebook me under mm-hmm. uh, Christine, you know, the word Christine with a C-H-R, and then my last name is Wyke, and, and Week is fine. I'm not particular on that. Mm-hmm. It's W-E-I-C-K, and my orange book called Explain This is the profile picture. So you can't miss it. It's an orange little profile book. Okay, so and you've actually you've, you've written a book. Can you tell us a little bit more about explaining yep. this? What's it about? I why would you say wrote that. It? Yep, and I would say the book is probably what got this all going. Um, I wrote a book five years ago on explaining the Book of Revelation and the end times, and I just have a passion for that. And in order for because I self published it. I had to find a way to market. So I would buy booth space at fairs and festivals in my area where I lived in Michigan, and I would set up shop 
so to say, and start talking to people about, hey, do you read your Bible? And total strangers passing in front of me, I would try to call them in, and I would start questioning, do you read your Bible? Um, and if they said no, I'd turn it into a ministry at this point. Uh, why not? Uh, do you go to church? Would you like to go to church? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And over the course of five years, it got me out of my comfort zone, and it made me more bold with total strangers. From there, it turned into a situation in my family. I had a, um, i just keep it very brief, um, I had a member of my immediate family who was not doing right, according to the Word of God. And I was the only family member who took a stop and said, look, we're not doing this, and had a discussion with the person, and the family got a little angry with me. And there was a couple more situations that came up within my own family that I'm thinking, Lord, why are you doing this? I mean, everything was going fine, and then now i it's almost like I was doing it to strangers, asking them about their salvation, and now the Lord says, okay, now I'm going to do it in your own family. From there, it went to a situation um, two years ago to a, a, a situation in my church where there was somebody that needed a correction, and the board refused to address it. Long story short... <laughs> I'm the one that got thrown out of the church. The sinner never repented. Uh, That person is still at the church, and I was the one thrown out. And I could not understand why. I mean, I started the woman's ministry in that church. I loved that church. But when I finally had to take a stand for something, was I willing to suffer for it? And I just, that's when I had my blood boil on something. This is when my blood boiled. When I see a situation and it's like, it won't leave me, it keeps nagging at me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he shows me in his word and okay. And that's why the DC thing was frustrating because I could never get that confirmation in the word, you know, and for two days of prayer, I got nothing where before I never had that. Mm -hmm. And that's why the woman by the side of the road was so important. She was it. Well, from there, it went to an issue in Michigan where gay marriage was up for a vote. Um, It was going to be knocked around in a courtroom. So I made a sign, and I went and stood outside of a courtroom in Detroit, Michigan. And that was my first taste of the news, of where they put me on the news. And that brought in a lot of criticism from my family. They're like, quit. We don't need this type of publicity coming from you. And I went, but wait a minute, we got to take a stand on this. I says, if someone doesn't, who this is, no, we need to bring this to people's attention. This is going on in Michigan. Well, in, in so on, so on, you can imagine having unbelievers in your family, this is not going to go well. And from there, it got a little bigger and to the point where now my family was ostracizing me. And combined with the church issue, with the family issues, my husband filed for divorce against me, and his reasonings to the judge was spiritual conflict. And I just, it broke my heart. And I just said, Lord, why is this happening? And I guess Matthew 10 is what came up constantly in my devotions. It was, and a lot of people were helping me going, if you're not willing to sacrifice your family for the cause of Christ, you're not worthy to be mine. I mean, just, you know, for those of you who don't know Matthew 10, read it. It was my situation exactly. And when my husband divorced me, and that was basically the last anchor. Mm -hmm. And I was at the same time um, thinking about retiring from my job. I had a, I was self-employed, had a wonderful business for 35 years. And I said, Lord, do you want me to go on the road here and do this for you? Stand at gay pride rallies, stand at mosques and do a ministry here. These people have to hear the gospel and, and do, and, you know, do this at events that are coming up, taking a stand for what's right. And the more the, the date came for me to go, the more it realized that I need to get out and do this from place to place to place. And I chose to be homeless. Now, don't look at homelessness on my end as something negative. 
because I choose to do this. I mean, I have a wonderful vehicle that I sleep in. Um, it provides my, my needs for me for sleeping. It's, I mean, I'm perfectly comfortable in it, and I go out to eat. <laughs> I do have some groceries in my car, but mm-hmm. I go out to eat. I meet so many people who have opened their homes to me to stay. In fact, that's where I am actually right now. Um, somebody I met at a church I was at offered me to stay here for a few nights, and Oh, it's wonderful. I made a new friend, another family member on God's End. And and here I am. I just read an article come across my Facebook page. Uh, next weekend in Texas, I think it's called Darland, Texas, there is a conference going to be going on for the tolerance of Islam. So guess what? I feel the need. Maybe I need to go. And really, I don't if, know. if you were holding a regular job, you wouldn't have the freedom oh. to do this work, would you? I would never have been able to go to Washington, D.C. There's no way. It just, you know, you just don't up and pick up and just go. You know, I mean, you have obligations. But I didn't. In fact, I had a free weekend, and I was not at all um, booked for a show with my book. Mm-hmm. Actually, one had I had canceled on it because I sold out a book. So I just ended up just canceling that show and thinking, okay, I guess I'll do some hiking in the mountains, in the Smoky Mountains, and here comes this drudge report. And I'm like, you can see the hand of God just like, okay, I'm going to open that door, but that needs to be shut first. So Christine can understand that there's a path here I want her to follow, and it's called being obedient. And I cannot explain that other than when God puts a need on your heart. That's something that he created to see what you're going to do. And when I speak at churches, I tell them, I says, if God, if you want to do wonderful and great things for the Lord, and you mm-hmm. look at me and going, oh, I wish I could have done something like that. And I went, you can. But if you can't do it in your family first, he's never going to put you out in front of the cameras of CNN and Fox. Good point. Christine, we're almost out of time. But before we leave, I would like you to tell us, where could the listeners get a hold of your book, Explain This? You can go to my website. It is available at Amazon on ebook uh, for 99 cents. So if you have capability of downloading from Amazon, 99 cents there. And um, I do have to restock my books there. I will try to make a work of that this week. But my website, um, or, you know, but just contact me. My email, I'll give out my email. It is uh, explain this 2014 like the year, last year, 2014, at yahoo.com. Christine, um, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us today and tell us your story, your real inspiration. And you really, if nothing else, I think you're getting people like me to think about just what would we do if if we were faced with, with the challenge as you were. Till next week, God bless. 